0: Why struggle through a post-merger integration when you can glide through it? Why deal with the PMI integration challenges when you can overcome them even before they occur? Why move slow when you can move at pace? What are the world's leading PMI experts doing right now to achieve profit-accelerating integrations? This podcast will give you all the answers to these questions and many more. My name is Dudley Peacock. Welcome to the Hundred Days and Beyond podcast. Good morning, and uh, welcome everyone. It's actually good afternoon, and welcome everyone to our uh, podcast. Marketing leadership, marketing leadership, <clears throat> is all about uh, the special place in an organization that's got uh, what I think sometimes is considered either an art or a skill. Uh, I've even heard people talk about um, the the difference between um, science and marketing and art and skill and trying to equate it to 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 a science and i I imagine that that many people consider marketing as something special something unique you have to be gifted with 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 marketing today we've got someone really really special um uh, joining us um i see he's just just joined us on the uh, live on the podcast i'm going to invite him in now abdul is um is a really special guy and i'm I'm so looking forward to today's um episode but before before we we start the episode before I introduce you to to abdul I just want to share who who this podcast is for the podcast this specific podcast and you'll know that I have other other podcasts as well but this specific one is all about the special unique individuals that are are involved with the day to day uh that special source, if you like, that that special ingredient that brings new customers into an organization. My definition as follows uh, Peter Drucker's definition is that the purpose of any business is the acquisition of customers and the fulfillment of their needs. And if you can't do that, not having a business uh, entails having no customers to fulfill their needs. And, and many people spend hours and hours and hours developing products and services and um courses and i mean if i look at the the cross section of of hours and hours that i've had software people that would spend a year would spend millions on developing software long before they even know that there's a market out there for it so number one for us is is following certain uh, principles on fridays i cover at 10 a.m on friday uh, london time uh, British uh, summer time at the moment I cover the 42 business growth principles and and please tune in for us uh, tune in, tune in for, uh, with us for those 42 business principles. I cover one a week you're welcome to join us. we've got multiple marketing leadership episodes and I want to introduce our guest today so Abdul, thank you so much for joining us. I'm going to uh, pull up your, your 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 really good CV and yesterday when I spoke to Abdul he had um what i thought was a magnificent story and i and i think it's important that we we get to understand and get to know the people behind the scenes welcome abdul
1: thank you very much for having me on i really appreciate the platform that you've built here today and
0: uh, i'm grateful to be here yeah i think you, you're going to be you'll be great for the audience as well and for for all those special people out there that either Want to know more about marketing, already in marketing, or see marketing from the outsider, need marketing people, need marketing expertise skills, tools and, and, and so on. So let's talk about Abdul. Abdul. Wow. Abdul, CEO of private equity firm making investments accessible for 10 million pl- 10 million pounds. Plus, invested in high net worth individuals, or net invested by. I keep saying in, uh, that, but invested by high net worth individuals, family offices, and executives. Um, you use, I think, bespoke roadmaps. I think that's what you what you call it, and um, and you also talk about bespoke roadmaps for professionals to achieve financial security and retire early. Uh, you 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 originate from Birmingham, uh, in the Midlands, and in the United Kingdom. And I think you're the better guy to tell your story, and I think how you got into this and and so on, but you really are a um from from your portfolio and your profile and all that. you're a marketing expert in your space around um i would say the that that special place called property, and not many people get that right um and I think your journey of leading into that I think makes it fascinating to to listen to so Abdul tell us. Tell us a bit about you, where do you, you know, where do you hail from? And, 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 and how did you get into this space?
1: Um, it's, it's quite an interesting journey.
0: So I, I
1: grew up in a very traditional old background. so we, I didn't grow up in money at all. Money wasn't accessible to us. Um, but I, from a young age had the ambition that I wanted to, one, pave the way for the next generation coming through, but also to, to show that anyone from, regardless of what background you're from. You can go out there and achieve success. So I set down this journey. I went straight out of school and, and went straight into business. And my first business was a marketing agent. And the key specialty in what we were doing at the time was building communities and personal brands for businesses. You know, it's a very unique twist. You know, you've got ads, you've got everything else. You've got, uh, you've got ClickFunnels. You've got all the, the new tools that we have today. But traditionally, it was just purely organic social media and, and offline communities. And I wanted to combine the two worlds, you know, you go through your business mistakes, you go through the ups and downs and I'm similar to myself. I I went through the business ups and downs over the many years. And I fell into real estate because I was in Birmingham. I hit this gas ceiling of, I couldn't make more money. As a young entrepreneur, I wasn't appreciated or valued. So I had to go where the money was, where the, where the the opportunities were, so I moved to London as a capital city, and that's where I, I made my mark. Fast forward a bit, I was consulting with property businesses as a commercial director, a sales market director. I was there to help the businesses grow. So I was working up the architects, property developers, construction companies, brokers, all of the type of businesses that you have within the property sphere. And in order to feed that business, I thought, okay, I'm looking after these clients and my responsibility is they grow. got, how is, what is the best way for me to do that? So I set up a London property community. The property community grew to about 10,000 plus members. And, and those members were everything from high worth individuals to businesses, to brokers, to financial institutions. And we partnered with NetWest as well. So it was, a, it was a great opportunity for me to add value to my audience but also to build my brand. I fell into the idea of raising capital and because I really started to understand that investor relations wasn't something that was taught. It wasn't something you just pick up most businesses didn't know the concept of raising capital and I did my first deal, which was 1.2 million on a site in, in Essex. And the the developer at the time gave me one, a massive paycheck, but also gave me equity in the deal. And I was like, okay, there's some money to be made here. There's some opportunities here. And then I started to raise more and more capital. And then a lot of people within the property space started to knock on my door. And they said, how do you do this? How are you able to raise solid capital? With the little no experience, you've not, you're not a property developer. How did you go about doing this? So I, st- I set up my old private aid company where we look after now 100-plus property developers and clients that we advise on how to raise capital consistently. We raised about $10 million plus and you And know, we're en route to becoming a fund and, and it's eventually a, a, a regulated firm. So we can provide investment advice on a, on a retail basis. But at the minute, we're
0: working with sophisticated investors so far. And that's magnificent. Because what, what strikes me as as sort of um, from a marketing background uh, that you that you found um, a sweet spot for yourself. Uh, you know, I think digital marketing is one of those type of industries that can be quite broad and can pull you in so many different directions um, and can get pretty confusing because I think even today more so than in the past because Mm -hmm. digital marketing, you know, 10, 10, 10, 15 years ago, I mean, it just literally started. I think the back end of the nineties when he started learning what the internet was, Mm -hmm. we didn't have Google, Google was no there were no search engines. I mean, there were directory listings, if you remember that far back. And then it went into. And so all of a sudden you could use various search tools and you could start posting ads, I think that was in the 2000s. And then it's then it just this rapid um, proliferation of software and tools and, and people saying, you know, you know, all you have to do is, you know, and click this and do that. And you just need a funnel and you just need a landing page, you just need a lead bag, you know, So all that fancy, they can pull you in more, many, many directions. And I think one actually has to cut your teeth sometimes in understanding the chaos before you have, can narrow down and say, okay, where's my sweet spot. But I think what really gets me about, about your story and, and what, what's, is that, that community that you built and I, it, it's almost like a, it's a paradox in a way, because digital marketing is all about the, the people out there on the internet, you know, the those people that tend to browse i mean they're not really considered human if you like because they just they considered a click or a view. i mean that was that's the the statistic you just look at stats like how many people landed on my site and how many people clicked here and there but to shift then into a community community community-based marketing to build a a a network of over 10,000 individuals in a short space of time to partner with NatWest and to put a lot of marketing strategy in place all of a sudden i think the shift from being the guy that does sort of the 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 ads i think i'm guessing all the way to becoming the strategic guy now you're becoming a a potentially a fund manager where you are able to help others achieve their their um their sort of goals and their, their their destinations wherever they want to go and I think that's the, that for me is the, is the wonderful shift that, that, that you've made and that you've used your marketing talent to enable others to get what, what they want, but you seem to still be in the learning curve. And I think that's what fascinates me about, especially in the marketing fraternity, everyone is always about doing better, learning more, getting the, 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 the better way of doing things. I think we're returning back to authenticity, to realness dealing with real people and and stop talking about numbers and so on i think i think you were you one of the one of the guys that i've met that have got that right am i am i writing my 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 summary there absolutely um you know
1: real you can't replace real relationships and, and for me it wasn't about the number of people that we had the community it was about how strong were the relationships when we founded this community we started off in hotel lobbies where the even the, the general manager of the hotel didn't know we were running. Started off in this, in this sort of organic approach of just bringing people together, no presentations, no you know, demos or pitches or anything like that. Just bringing people together in this format where they can just talk and you're just facilitating conversations. That's all you're doing. But if you become an influencer or you become this leader naturally because they see to you as this person who's given them this platform. But more importantly, the community isn't about me. It isn't about my class. It wasn't about my business. The community was built for them. What did they want? What did they value the cost? And what I saw was, I you know, all these events that were taking place, they were all presentations and influencers and people sat down. What truly people wanted was a connection with as many people as they possibly could from around the room. So that connection can only come if you give them the time to be able to do that. So we thought, okay, forget all that scripted stuff, forget all the presentations, forget all the formats that we might actually bring people together and let that organically grow. People started coming back. People started bringing friends. People started to see, you know, people's results in terms of actual getting clients from that room. And that was, was amazing because here I was, someone with just a marketing bracket now becoming an influencer with the real estate expense very quickly without having any barriers. Like there were no barriers of age. There were no barriers of, okay, how much, you know, how much of his net worth was, you know, how much income did he have coming in? How successful was this person? The platform in itself, the community in itself gave me and my business and my clients the credibility in order for them to grow. And that's the important phrase in the credibility element of things. How quick can we build credibility in a market where nobody knows us and setting up your own community, rather than attending other people's communities, setting up your own community is often the best way to do that, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. And you, and you, and you've done that successfully and you keep on, uh, contributing. And it's, it's often for me, the, the most successful people are the ones that, that, that are more concerned about others having success than themselves and i think that as soon as you move into that space i think you you managed to do that quite successfully now you're moving into that 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 um the influencer type of thing but it's almost it's almost like influencer but not really you're more (laughs) of a thought leader i think in in that space I, i i think influencer can be can be seen as as i mean there could be a fine line between an influencer, you know those that just you know they go down to the local store and they they flash their latest purchase on TikTok or whatever, and now they call themselves an influencer, as opposed to someone that's truly changing lives. And I think what one should have a clear definition between the two. Yes, you can have a million followers, but are you truly making a difference in their lives? And I think that's where that's where you've differentiated yourself. Maybe tell us a little bit about some of those the the the, the the starting. I mean, how did you? Where did you come up with the idea? How did you get started? I mean, how did you say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to start in inviting people. What does what does that beginning look like? I mean, it, how did you even come up with the idea?
1: I, I think building. I went to London and there was there were a lot of events, but you know, you had two different platforms. You've got a platform like Eventbrite and you've got a platform like Meetup. Eventbrite is a very formal structure. It's a very formal thing to be a part. It's a presentation, seminar, conference. It's a ticket sales generated sort of approach. For me, it didn't matter about ticket sales. It mattered about, one, how much data could I collect from that? But more importantly, how do I take the concept of Meetup, which people love? Because Meetup was a platform eventually brought up by WeWork, but it was a platform where people love because they, if they didn't know anyone, they felt safe enough to go along to a Meetup and build relationships. And, you know, being a person who didn't know anyone in London at the time, I used to attend the meetups and I was like, this is brilliant. People just, just turning up and having a conversation. Why isn't this happening in an over setting? Why isn't this happen, happening in, a, in, in an environment where real estate, very traditional business setting, why is it happening with that set? And that's where the idea formulated. And for me, it's not about trying to get marketing or trying to get the community perfect and to the get them. It's, it's, trial and error, but more importantly, it's just going and doing it. So, you know, turning up to a Hill Hotel lobby, praying out on the front praying pouring it up. you know, sending the invite of these individuals to, you know, when you send that, you email, sending them to WhatsApp groups or Facebook groups, you know, just to get people engaged and pre sort of introduced, you start to, to build a bit more momentum and, and, and people just turned up to this Hotel lobby and the general manager at the time and this is a funny story, he was panicking because how are 50 to 100 people just turned up? You haven't told me, you haven't booked anything. You've just taken over the whole of this hotel lobby <laughs> without booking anything. So I would stand by the entrance of the door of the hotel lobby and I would just say, um, and I would tell the receptionist, oh, if somebody comes and asks for a London property community, we're just over there. So we took over this of section of the hotel lobby, we walk in and, and people would be like, People would just join in and start conversation, And I'd again, it wasn't about me pitching. So what I did was I just like, hi, how are you doing? What brings you here? How did you find out about it? And oh, okay, there's some, there might be some useful introductions for you. Go and have a chat with them. And I just kind of let them to it. But I would always follow up. And I think here's the thing about really, People think about building a brand that's, you know, that's really large and you've got an amazing amount of community. Where business actually happens, where transactions actually happen, is that one-to-one follow-up, that conversation that you have with the individuals. So for me, it was, how do I take this audience of, say, 150, 150 people, 200 people that come to this event, how do I take this audience and follow up with every single individual to understand it? And even in my business today, I still, I still utilize the same philosophy of, mm. rather than what, like, in my space, most investment firms will do is, they will hand you over to an account manager and you're just in the, number in, the in in the sort of spectrum of, of their clients and, and, you know, you're replaceable. They don't really care about you. How do I hone in and truly really care about the clients and the service that I'm providing, but really get to spend time with them? And I was able to do more transactions, even on my social media today. I might not have a, I don't even have a 10,000 plus following on any of my social media channels. I have just over 4,000 followers on my Instagram account, yet I am doing transactions day in, day out and building a six-figure company without having to necessarily become that typical social media influencer and having thousands of views, but no business and no money in my account. (laughs) 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 And and the interesting stat that I saw, and this is going back a couple of years ago, there's an interesting stat that I saw. They said... Only 4% of 18 to 35 year olds made a profit or a living wage from their business. Wow, that's low. That's that's really low. Like 96% of oh, that's low. Weren't, uh, weren't utilizing what you know, were not making enough money to be able to sustain a living from it. And it was like, okay, so the influencer world. Okay, the majority of these guys are, are probably selling full-time jobs or still doing something on the side, which is great, but they're not real. They, they're portraying themselves to being successful when they're not that successful. And and secondly, it's, it, you know, when it comes to like how people utilize social media, you know, the art of social selling is so powerful. There's so a lot okay. of research that where, you know. Probably, I think it was a 70 something percent of salespeople when utilizing social media to, to generate leads in any way, shape or form. Now, how do you take something that's so confusing and so large, and even if you are an introvert, you're afraid of building this brand, how do you utilize the tool of social media to then generate yourself clients and business? It's achievable now, but it's having the right approach with it rather than trying to scale what you're doing, which
0: is what most people do. Yeah, and you can't necessarily take what you do face to face into the LinkedIn world. I mean, you, you have to start. You have to open up a conversation, and and how do you do that? I mean, you you probably have a few sentences if you could. I mean, yeah, there very there's so many theories out there about about LinkedIn. What is your what is your approach? I mean, do you use LinkedIn? Is that a Absolutely. thing for you? And LinkedIn is where I do majority of my business right now. And LinkedIn is
1: such a powerful tool. I don't go out there. I'm not active in terms of content posting, like I'll post here and there, but I'm not as active or frequent as many others. But what I will do is I'll spend time connecting with people and then sending them messages. I'm very much of a direct messaging type of guy because I want to not get a sale of the idea of taking a conversation as offline, as quick as I possibly can. So what I do is I send a message and I'll say, and again, a personalized message. I'm not trying to send a hundred messages to an automated bot or anything. I'm trying to send 10 to 20 quality messages a day where I'm just sitting there and I am, and, and I'm, I'm doing this very simple formula of, hi, how you doing? You know, hope you're well. And I'll, and I'll find something on their profile to tailor to. Well, I noticed you were in this industry or well, congrats on that recent success So You know, I I admire what you've achieved over the last 10 years. It's great to see more people doing this, this, and this. And then I'll ask a simple question. I won't send a sales script, which is what most people get. He says on LinkedIn. I will literally just ask a simple question and say, out of curiosity, have you thought about this? So in my case, have you thought about hands-off investment? Or in in many other people's case, have you thought about utilizing social media to do your business? It's getting, it's a, it's a, a, a strategy which allows you to get a response. Rather than you say, here's what I do. Are you interested? Yes or no. It's more like, have you thought about it? Let's engage in a conversation around it. I'm not trying to say anything. I'm just trying to engage with you at this point in time. When asking a question, it prompts a response. And at the end of the message, I'll say something very simple. Like, let me know in the meantime, have an amazing stop So we, oh, PS, happy it. If it is on their profile. So I will, I'll utilize this script regardless of which industry, right? For example, right now, I run five of the companies. And I've invested in several of the businesses. And I utilize the same approach for each and every business, just tailored to that audience that I'm trying to attract. And the oh, goal book an yeah. appointment. Say again, I missed that. The goal here is to book an appointment. So if they respond saying, hey, I will read a about it. No, maybe so and so. They'll give you various different responses, but I'll say, okay, why don't we get a conversation? Let's get something in the dark. Like why try and get the sale in the beginning with all you are really trying to do is engage in a conversation. The quicker you can take conversation offline, the more appointments you can generate every single week. The more appointments you generate you can you can generate every week, the more potential closes that
0: you can have on a day to day basis. So you take it very, very quickly from um from a marketing or a um, this sort of a connect a, a connection into a sales uh, engagement because because all of a sudden, you, you know your customer journey, and they are real people. I mean, a customer journey. And, and, and I always smile at that that term, but I use it myself. But I always smile at the term. It's actually more a buying journey of a customer. Um, and 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 maybe even one layer deeper. It's it's a it's a relationship building, and then buying a, a journey of a customer. Because I mean, to start off a relationship. You don't ask on the first date to get married. And I think that that's, uh, you know, I don't know if people do that, but, uh, I think the same thing goes with your approach and, and, and even in networking meetings, you can't meet a thousand people a day. You can meet five, 10, 15 people at a good networking meeting. You can have decent conversations and, and, and I've, I've done that whole networking, uh, route and seen it's quite interesting. And you meet so many interesting people. However, they're not always your target market. it was very, very difficult to sort of look through the crowd and say, are those really the people that I need to be speaking to? And I think with LinkedIn and those kind of tools, it means that you can start narrowing your search. You can be a lot more efficient and you can approach still in a, in a manner in which you start a a, a relationship. And I think that's, that's the secret, isn't it? It's, it's, it's my intent is clear. I'm not here to sell you anything. Let's just see if there is something. If there's nothing, that's all fine. I mean, it, that doesn't matter. But I understand who you are. I've taken the trouble. I've taken some effort to understand who you are. And then, you know, it, it, I think there's, there's a there's a lot to be said about that whole relationship and connection thing, um, which I think 5, 10, 15 years ago was was we were missing a lot of that. It was all about just hammering the the pay click and the and the click bait i think they were started calling it and sucking people into your sales funnels you know and getting people to click through and to buy things and then to upsell and cross sell them and and take them on a journey but there's no relationship and then you wonder why you, you're churning customers and and people feel unconnected i don't know what your what your your view is on that
1: um I have currently a 90% conversion rate uh, and it's, and, and I'm seeing this day in, day out with the clients or businesses or people that I speak to, their conversion rates when it comes to ads and it comes to big are, you know, it takes them months upon months to be able to get to that stage where they're generating business or even to build an engaged audience. Mm. For me, it, it's very simple. If I can get someone on the call, I can understand their needs and I can address the problems away. Mm-hmm. The quicker I can do that, the better I can generate a sale. That's why if I, if I get someone kind on of a call, 90% of the time, I'm closing the deal because the opportunity is there. Now, I allow people to do their own research. And this is the very important thing. Social media is still a very much a powerful tool. I'm talking from a very sort of strategic approach of just messaging and turning into more of a sales approach. But let's look at our profiles, for example. I treat our profiles as a shop window. My LinkedIn profile is exactly like a shop window. If someone wants to walk past your shop window, will they show interest? Will they connect? Or will they engage with you? Or will they have that thought at the back of their mind? Now, what I want to do with my shop window is to help them make a decision. If I do reach out, mm-hmm. is this something for them? Have they thought about this? They obviously accepted my connection request because they sold my shop window. But because my shop window is optimized, it's got the right testimonials on there. It's got a written bio that explains what I do. It's got my experience and job descriptions. It's got endorsements. It's like, a, it's basically a, a newer version of a website or a landing page, but in a more social environment. And what that allows me to do is I spend probably less time creating content and posting content because the shop window does most of the work
0: yeah and i think i think that's a great takeaway for for today's episode is i mean besides relationship building and and opening up conversations and taking it offline as quick as possible and even in networking events to go as quick as possible you meet someone they're the right sort of fit quickly Mm -hmm. sets an appointment or do a follow-up afterwards and 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 do those one-to-one sessions really get, get get well connected i mean that, that that's a, that's really a great takeaway and then on in in addition to that i mean the this this thing where 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 the, it's the modern website i mean we people spend so much time and effort and and money and i, I heard the other day someone spending like hundred and twenty thousand pounds on a brand new website and they spent, I don't know, 18 months developing it. And it was, it was supposed to be this magnificent thing. And it was a complete flop. And it went, like had no traffic and it was sitting for months and it had like brilliant speed, like upload speeds and that. And there you get people that are in competition with them that simply have well thought-through profiles, well thought-through approaches, and just being personable are, are getting all the business as opposed to people that have invested hugely in theirs. In these old assets. I mean, this this is my my view in that in a in a major shift. I mean, I, I think 10 years ago, having this perfect website was probably the big thing. But I love your shop window analogy, which is get your profiles right, show the right you in front of the people. Don't be something that you're not. Put put you out there. And it's like anything. It's like, this is who I am, this is what I can do, this is what other people think of me. Put your social um, proof out there, you know, put your testimonials, show that you can do what it is that they potentially want you to do. And when you do connect and they do agree to that connection, I mean, the, the, a lot of the, the buying process and the relationship building process has been taken care of. Hence your high conversion rate. So, I mean, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm just fascinated by that whole, the whole approach of yours and, and I, I, it'd be great to see more people do more of that than this big numbers game and and just driving messages out there and getting no results uh i don't know tell, tell us more about your thoughts on that
1: uh, absolutely i think uh, you know even you know let's take the content marketing approach for example let's hold that for a minute like you know yes we need to become more personalized a world where there's so much noise personalized approaches are becoming even more effective let's take a look at our content for example a lot of people are afraid or they put too much time and build process into creating content because they feel like content is so important because it's become a chore. It's become this thing that people like feel like they have to do it in order to stay relevant, that they have to do it in order for them to be successful. The reality is your content needs to be seen as, I call it a public journal. And, I, and this is what I used to tell my clients. Treat your online or social media content as a public journal. All people want to do is follow your journey from start to finish. And along that way, that covers social proof, that covers mm-hmm. learning lessons, that covers tips and advice. But it's essentially showing people in real life scenarios this is what you're doing. Whether it's, you know, for example, I, I recently started a fitness transformation. Not if I'm, in, I'm in day, fire. fire. Every day I'll post up a post on social media about that fitness transformation, just me checking into the gym. Now, what that does is, Every time I go out there, people, it's a conversational spot. I have people stopping me in the street. I have people reaching out. Every time I go to networking network and they say, hey, you're a noisy fitness restaurant, how's it going? Oh, it's incredible what you've done. And all I've done is I haven't purposefully done, and done this because, oh, it's content and I, I have to do it. It's, I'm just documenting my journey, whether it's business life or whether it's, whether it's anything else that I've looked in terms of hobby or interest. And what that allows people to do is to get to know you as an individual, get to trust and believe in what your business is. And You know, when I'm posting, you know, I'm on this side, I'm at this networking event, I'm sponsoring this event. You know, our day to day lives are so interesting to our clients and our audience because they want to see one, how you conduct yourself, but two, do you share the same values as that individual? And, you know, we, you know, content is all about showing you authentic self and showing you true values. Even on your website or even on any landing page that you ever create, your values should be at the top of everything. And and those, and those values are not, okay, you know, we are honest, we are integral, we are... Oh, yeah copy the, paste from everywhere, everywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> let's dive in a little deeper into these values. Where, the, where do these values originate? What do these values mean to the client?
0: Yeah and it's it's that whole res- resonate principle it's that that attraction you know if people tend to like people that they that they resonate with they tend to do business with people they resonate with and in order to resonate you can you can't resonate with with a wall i don't know with a with a I mean you can't do that. you've got to resonate with some, somebody that's human and, and, and if you the more human and balanced you, you are and that resonates with your audience. I mean that's absolutely brilliant. For me sometimes I see some of these uh, I mean public relations as a uh, as a discipline I think is, has taken a lot of strain over the over the years. Um, in fact I mean the, we, some of them can even move into spin doctoring I think they even called it at some stage but but you have these public relations people that will will spin out articles that make something look nice and dashy and flashy and you know uh, maybe have a let's say there's a charity event and then they 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 show photographs of all these happy people painting fences and i mean or whatever it is that they're doing and picking up rubbish and and uh, uh i don't know feeding other people, people i don't know whatever and then the public relations people would do something like that i mean i i can't resonate with it i mean that's me i mean maybe i'm 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 offending people right now but if you if if the people show like this is how we operate there's a customer walking in this customer is upset how do we deal with it i mean what is what is the real life i mean this person is has potentially lost a, a partner. I mean their their life partners potentially passed on. They need to invest their money. What do they do? They're looking to 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 get to to get out of their current property because their children have left home and now they need to downsize. I mean that's on the residential side. On the commercial side there are CEOs and 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 executives that are also going through ups and downs of business. They stressed about this or that. They just want someone to to resonate with and to connect with. And I mean, reading sometimes does these these messages. Almost like these messages are shouting at you. It's like, hey, look at me! Hey, look at me! I'm so good. And you've got to be so careful with, with with that with that balance between, hey, I'm a real I'm a real person, as opposed to polishing it up to a point where it's like, hey, I'm perfect. You know, I you know, I'm brilliant or whatever. I mean, I don't know. I just, I'm just throwing stuff out there. I want to get your response on that.
1: Um. Firstly, um, I'm old, I've always been a big believer of this power in vulnerability. Most people see this as a weakness, but if you're authentic to who you are, and you people will support you because your values are there and your honest about where you are. Most of the time, people can see you straight through. You know my language, but your bullshit. People can see straight through it because they know that you're not being your authentic self. They can feel that energy is very powerful, intuition is very powerful, and we underestimate that in the world of marketing because people need to feel like they they connected to something a bit more. And this is why, this is why you know I, I love reading this book. It's called Blue Ocean Strategy. I highly recommend it, and it talks about value innovation, or in particular, one of the you know one of the areas of innovation is how do you take something functional? How do you take something so traditional and make it emotional? If you think about every big brand that's achieved tremendous amount of success, what have they done? They've taken something so small, so functional, and they've made it as emotionally as they possibly can to connect yeah. with people. And if if we can learn from that. We can learn from the idea of how do we how do we carry ourselves in, in more of an emotional sort of way so people can feel like, okay, they can trust us. It's, um, there's an amazing story of a, of a pa of an individual on the stage. And I was, you know, showing showing the, a, a couple around a property and, and this couple walked around the property and, and they walked out into the garden and the wife was reminded. Of a particular tree that looked like and a swing that looked like as if it was her child. And they continued to walk around the property. And what the estate agent smartly did was kept coming back to the tree. Every window he walked to, it's like, oh, there's that tree. He got an amazing view of it too. While the husband was completely saying no to all of the, all of this, they didn't really like it. They ended up buying the property because of the emotional attachment that we can create for that person, even with our investments. I, I tell my clients, like, why are you doing this? Is it for your kids? Is it for an actual others? What does this mean to you? What does this product and service mean to you as an individual? It's a bit more harder when you're selling this in a corporate environment or you're selling to a larger firm, but even then there's always, um, a reason as to why people do something.
0: There's always a commercial reason. Yeah. And in a commercial environment, it could be career, it could be. Um, something they're trying to do, uh, you know, that, that just, you know, is something different, something special they're trying to build, you know, some people just get a thrill out of, out of improving and others or improving the, um, the, the, colleagues lives, et cetera, et cetera. And I think, I think you absolutely hit the nail on the head there. It's being authentic, being real. Um, just connecting with the, the reasons why people want to do something. And if you can resonate and assist them um you know and if you can't just be honest just say look you this is probably not this is probably not something i can do to help you but i can maybe uh introduce you to someone else who can help or you know or try this and do that and then come back when you're ready to do this that next thing so it's about giving the balanced advice and support from their point of view not what I can get out of it as quick as possible. I, I think that's the approach. If it, it, yeah. there's
1: something that you, 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 you really lastly said, and you said something like, how else can I help you? Who can I introduce it?" Now, one of the reasons why my brand is where it is and the business is where it is, is because over the last 12 years of business, we've helped people that we have no, that we're not going to make money out. We're helping because we generally want to help people, we'll make introductions, and those introductions are so powerful because now they feel that like you're now a trusted source, of of advice and a trusted source of contacts. If you can become that trusted source, regardless of whether it's personal or business, hmm. people will love it. For example, you know, although I'm, I'm walking into commercial settings and I'm talking to executives, they're in their corporate day-to-day jobs. I'm meeting them in their lunch hour, I'm meeting them during a certain time. And they're in this corporate work environment and all they're thinking about is corporate work my relationship goes straight personal. Like I, I put that aside and, and I make it personal and then say to people, you know, how can I, can I help you? What is going on in your life or in your workplace? That is a problem that I feel like I
0: can assist you with. Hmm. Yeah, and 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 all of a sudden you you break down those those barriers that that come up when you are just trying to tell talk at people sell at people. I want to I want to shift gear slightly. I want to say, look, you 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 have a you have two you have a few uh, communities, um, a few audiences, if you like. You've got. Uh, people that invest you got um uh, you got developers I think group of I think you said a hundred I think are developers. They're different people and they have different needs and they have different approaches and views even of of life and so on. How do you how do you shift um brand message? How do you shift um your voice between these different types of audiences?
1: I think one is understanding what platform are you communicating to these audiences on. I have a very clear separation between how I, who I target on LinkedIn, which is investors and who I target on Instagram, which is property developers. And so what I will do is I'll separate it based on, based on the audience that I'm trying to talk to where that audience is. That's what makes us adapt. You know, if I can go into a corporate environment I can talk about investments and vendors and acquisitions, and I can talk about different things. And that works for me in the corporate environment. I can also go to a local property event, which is down the road from me. And there's a bunch of property developers and investors, and I can talk to them about raising capital because that's my messaging on, on a different platform. And, and depending on where, you know, what, if you talk to a different audiences, it's quite some level of separation, you know, it, Facebook is, is a bit it's not really corporate, but it's, you still have a bit of corporate business going on, but you also have a bit of a personal relationship with people, but also you have this links for public developers. What you can do is you can build separate communities for each, just like you've done. You've, you're your prime example of this. You turn around and build community for marketing. And you build community for within and you build communities for different things. It's simple. You've just created different marketing campaigns and then, and, and targeting people on different platforms. And that's what's allowed you to separate audiences. Now. How I turn up to a property event and how I turn up to an investor, I'm going to show up in two different ways. I'm going to be much more relaxed in a in a, in a, in a property setting because I, would, I need to I just become friends and become this person who's sharing knowledge all the time. Well, if I'm in a corporate round and speaking to investors, I'm listening. I'll just switch styles in terms of who I'm speak, speaking to. And we have to really understand our customers and our player base our target audience, in order for us to be adaptable.
0: Yeah.
1: That takes a lot of experience at the same time, but I feel like it is very, a lot of the time, very common sense if we know that actually, you know, are corporate people going to be on LinkedIn, or are on Instagram? Probably self, but why should I focus on that audience on Instagram when I could focus on, on a different audience there?
0: Yeah, you got to you you, you got to go. I mean, it's it's the old adage of 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 go go to the market. I mean, you got to let's say you you're a fisherman. You've just gone fishing. You've just arrived with your boat onto the shore. You put your fish in the baskets and that. And now you're going to go and look for a place to sell your fish. I mean, you look. There's one light there, and there's one light there in the distance. But over there, there's like a hundred lights. You know, there's a lot of people together. I might as well go there because there's potentially better chance for me (laughs) it's meeting the right people and it's almost that kind of thing it's like you got to understand who your platform is you got to meet them where they are and then you've also got to be ready and to be authentic real and i think you would you said vulnerable i think was your other was was your other word so those are key takeaways for me i mean you want to you want to expand a bit on that so you seem to have a thought on that yeah
1: um one of the things that i've noticed is a lot of people and this is a mistake us marketers make or, or wherever we can be we on the So in any industry, like, we spend too much time networking with our own industry. <laughs> it is. it is. I, I never really understood why. Because I'm not going to make money from attending all these marketing conferences. Yes, I'll build my brand within the marketing space, but what good does that do me? Yeah, I can probably sell a couple of more courses and a couple more stuff. But I can't really provide in service unless I've, I, I, you know, for me, I think, okay, I go to public events because one, I've got in service, I can provide them, but two, I've bought or invest in other businesses that add value to my own industry. But majority of my networking, 90% of the time is are, are people away from the industry because that's that's where I know I'm going to get paid. or well, that's where I know I'm going to raise, be able to raise more capital because there's a, I, I like to call it a value balance. This mm. value balance is very simple. If you have the knowledge and the time to do something, there's people out there who don't have the knowledge and time, but they have the finances to be able to do it. You just got to be able to make sure that those scales are, are even hmm. and you're able to add value to those individuals. If we spend, <laughs> shit, you can be really popular. And I tried this before. I tried to become really popular with Martins, I just gave up because I thought, I'm spending so much time doing that, but I'm forgetting about the people that I'm actually there to help. And even in business environments, it's very easy to get stuck within a little, with a little clique of individuals where there's that same chambers of colors, that same environment as to where all the business people are. And, and they never do business together, or well, some of them may really do, and, but they're not really there to help you and pass your because for them, it's just a a way for them, everyone to meet together. We go to this event every single month and every single week and we expect to get business out of it, but I'm like, how does that work?
0: Go where your
1: clients are or, or go where you actually going to get paid from rather than spending so much
0: time building your brand in an industry where, you know, it's not really going to get you paid that much for money. Well, you're going to get known, uh, but you're not going to, and I think, I think the, the concept is. Um, for me, if I translate it into my own words, I, I would say go where you can serve people. And and if 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 you if you within a community that you are not really serving, you should question why you are there, because as human beings, I think, and this is uh, again some of the, the the values I have is is you need to you need to move into a space where you can serve others. If if you become dead weight. Maybe that's not the right way, but you become this extra body that's just filling space, not adding value, not serving others, not helping others achieve their goal. I mean, you're not fulfilling your purpose on earth, I think. I think there's, there's more to it than, than just selling stuff. I think if you, you need to be in a space where you can serve. And what can you serve? Your talents, your skills, your knowledge, your abilities, maybe tools, maybe things that you've developed over time. But you've got to go where you can serve. And, and I think that's, that's part of how, what the takeaway I get from that. Would that be, would that be fair, a fair assessment? Absolutely. You, um,
1: I, I couldn't agree more, but you know, let's, let's, let's focus on people. Like, you know, we've talked a lot about the analytical approach and some of the key things that daily you, know, you can call them the foundations of, of marketing, but let's really talk about some of those audiences or some of your audience that might be in a corporate setting and there might be a marketing person within that department. You know, how do they quantify this into your results? How do they how do they make this a profitable thing? What we're talking about. And the key thing that I realized was in order for us to scale our work, and for us to really make a, a dent within our businesses or within our companies, is one we need to we need a process.
0: Hmm.
1: And if we and if if you're working partland, if your business is yet to map out your process. For both marketing or for anything by matter, any part of the business. Let's, let's talk about marketing Yeah, If you're unable to map out a process that you can consistently do on a day-to-day basis, what will happen is you will always be trying stuff and not getting results. And you can't measure things. You can't improve things. You can't take things forward. So for me, I would look at how do I process map all of this? How do I take all the things that need to be done from a marketing point that, Maybe I don't have the time for, or I don't need to do, or I don't want to be doing what I should have been doing because it has impact impactful of me. How can I take that process and then either scale it? And there's two ways of scaling. Yeah, you know, we can talk about automation, but how about if we offshore it? How about if we we hire the right talent in order for us to to be able to repeat that process day in day out, and they essentially you can then measure your return on investment. Yeah. So and, and I, equally, there's, okay, we're talking about being personable, being trustworthy, being, you know, being authentic, but yeah. all at the same time, you still need a process to think, you still need a structure or a system that allows you to do it. And you can still scale this one-to-one approach. We're not saying you can't. If someone was to do a lot of the work for you and, and allow you to generate those appointments, you can then just jump on the appointment, still be your authentic self and still close that deal in an authentic way. There's going to be touch points where you are still got to keep personalization or that authenticity, but there's going to be a process in order for you to follow before you even think about, okay, how do I, you know, take this, you know, take everything that I've done, how do I apply it to what I'm doing? What processes have we mentioned? What systems have we mentioned today that can be put into a bit of a Mac or a manual, if you want to call it, just like a manual for a car or if you're building mm-hmm. something, you know, what is that manual? what is my manual once you've created that manual then you can think okay what parts do i enjoy what parts do i still want to personalize and stay authentic and and, and still have that one-to-one emotional approach and what parts of it do i now want to scale and you can then make that decision
0: from that mm. i love that i think i think that is that is a, a brilliant uh takeaway and 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 How do you make all those good ideas of being authentic, et cetera, how do you make it real and practical? And and you've done exactly that. You said, okay, let's map it out. Let's break it down into the component parts. Let me understand what I can do, what I can outsource, what I can automate, what I can do do, um, uh, on a a repeatable basis. Because I think that's that's the secret to having a successful business is is finding what you're good at who your market is w- what you can do to serve them and then to have a process that you just keep repeating because if you have to custom every single engagement with a, a custom make a, a, an engagement with every single customer it becomes incredibly difficult to deliver some kind of consistency or build a reputation or build testimonials and and, and so on so i mean you have hit the nail on the head i think People don't think of marketing as a system or a process and people don't think of it as a, as a step-by-step repeatable process, but I think you've just said it and it, it's working well for you.
1: And, and, and I only learned this by the mistakes that I made. Um, you know, this isn't something that I would say, okay, I just knew this and then I started applying it. I made my mistakes although in building a business that having to leave that business or shut down that business because of going into operation I didn't replace myself. Or for me to, you know, to get to the stage where I'm burning out, I'm having to do all of this work, when in reality, I should be focusing on the actual service that I'm providing, the service that I'm doing for others. So, it, it you know, this comes from burnout, this comes from heartache, this comes from, you know, losing income and losing profit. So, whilst we're saying, stay you know, do the neutralize some of the things that we're saying today, we also need to ensure
0: that where... We're still producing some level of ROI. Love it, I love it. I'm we. I'm just mindful. We got a few minutes left, and and I want maybe if you if you just tell us a little bit. Uh, first once just hear if there's one or two more quick takeaways or golden nuggets you want to share, and then I want to go into sort of work life balance. I mean, you're a busy guy. You have got five businesses. Um, you got lots going on. You're an entrepreneurial guy. You're obviously passionate about what you do. Um, there are a lot of other things external that you also do. I mean, just tell us a bit about that, but just one or two last takeaways if you if if you want to share and then go straight into sort of how do you is there such a thing as work-life balance and you know, what do you do in terms of keeping yourself sane? I mean, you talk about burnout, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, you can just get better at business, but surely there's there's a little more.
1: Yeah. Um I think my last takeaway for for those that when they cultural marketing approach is. I like to call it a blindfold technique. What I mean by this is a lot of the time we are so focused on a destination, on a trying to achieve something or a result. And we're so focused on that destination that we forget about the journey as to how we get there. And I'm going to take an example of as if you're in the gym, well, actually even a better example of a world's strongest man. Um, the world's strongest man is a guy came named by the name of Mark Seeley. I think that's was his name. This guy is closer to time. A lot of people will write him off and say, he's, he's not where he used to be. And he's still competing at, the, at those ages. But what he did in a particular competition was, whilst everyone is focusing on the audience and the hype and, and they, they're pulling these two, so. Big pillars together. They have to hold these for as long as they possibly can. Mark he while everyone is sort of panicking and showing their sweat and screaming and looking around and watching, what he did was very, which was powerful. I would recommend if you go watch the scene or watch this whole clip, is he just closes his eyes. And he doesn't pay attention to anything else but what he's doing. He blocks out everything. He just calms himself down. And he just holds it there. And, and it's the same with, if you're on a treadmill, you know, you've been on a treadmill, you're running towards, okay, I need to complete these 20 minutes of pure intensity, of going inclined and you know, putting this effort in. But every time you do watch the cut, it looks like this it's, 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 if it's going slower. It's like, it's getting harder and harder and your body starts to feel it. Close your roots, put a blindfold hmm. Don't pay attention to the cloud. Don't pay attention to the result that you want or the destination that you're going to. Pay attention to where you are right now and just doing it every single day and the result will come Why people get so disheartened with marketing is because they, they're so focused on the result of an ROI that they forget about, you know, this process that they need to, that they think that they need to do every day consistently. You know, I've worked with, I work with tons of developers and People, are teaching people that's raise capital and, you know, and I have to, and they're like, oh, okay, how quick can you get us these results? And I'm like, you put in the work and you put in the effort, the, day, the best thing, you make it a priority for you to do it. And this is important. You make marketing a priority, you put a blindfold folder, and you just go with it. And you'll get to the stage where you'll get the, to the destination you want without having to feel the pain mm. or, or the burnout or the, or, or the frustration
0: of not getting to it. Love that. That is fascinating. I mean, that is a stunning, stunning piece of advice, and and that's surely gonna gonna be remembered by me. That's for sure. Um, I want to I want to now just go into sort of a bit of personal. Then tell us about your um, your company, what you do, how can people get hold of you, and 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 so on. So so let, let's as as we go into the last sort of two three minutes of of the episode.
1: Yeah, sure. Um- my name is Abdul and, Shakur and they can find me at com where, where I teach people how to raise their private equity um, for, regardless of what they want to do. Uh, I also, i they can also find me on social media platforms, Abdul Shakur, LDN, South London, um, you know, they can just reach out to me. I'm, I'm pretty accessible. I, I live by that. And if people reach out to me, we'll respond to their messages and I will talk to them and I'll spend some time with them. And I'm happy to do that with anyone in your audience.
0: Love it, love it. You were an absolutely brilliant guest, Abdul. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time today. Uh, you are a busy guy, and and uh, after chatting to you yesterday, listening to your journey, you know, coming from uh, a, a, you know not so well of background, working your way through marketing agencies, sort of exiting that, and now becoming this this expert in 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 a completely different space, but still using those core strategic marketing concepts and principles, but continuously learning as well and applying new things. But some of the takeaways were absolutely brilliant. Um thankfully it's recorded. I'm definitely gonna to re-listen to this one as well. So thank you very much for that. And and I I really do hope I want to put out the invitation, Abdullah, if you want to come back on the show again in a few months and you've got something special you want to share, please, by all means, um please do. But thank you for that. No, I appreciate it. And um you know, you know Life
1: has its ups and downs, and I want to leave everyone in this now. Life has its ups and downs, and there's something that I learned more recently. Is if if you're excited and happy a third of the time, if you're okay at that of the time, and you feel crap a third of the time, your life is okay. You know, and and that's and you know, I apply this to you know you talk about work-life balance and better. That's how I see it. Okay. I've accepted the fact that. Things aren't going to be great all the time. Things are going to be really crap all the time. There's a third day of time time, things are going to be great. And if we can start that we can, we can really start to, we can really start to make shifts, and we can really start to be in our natural flow or element,
0: uh, as we like to call it. Excellent. I, I, I love that. And and that's a that's that's probably not a a work life balance, but it's a balanced view of life. I love that. I mean, that's, that's brilliant. I, we just we just got to thank you there for the valuable information. Um, I mean, there's other comments as well, but thank you very much. Abdul, thank you. All the best. Thank you to the audience uh, as well. Just stay, stay on the line, Abdul. I just want to say goodbye to everybody. Um, thank you very much, uh, everyone uh, who's joined us today for marketing leadership. Leadership in marketing, and Abdul is probably a great example, a massively brilliant example of someone who's gone from digital work through to becoming a true leader in marketing and marketing his business, growing uh, uh, his business, but growing through growing others. And I love absolutely love that that story. And some of the anecdotes and some of the, the, the wise words, absolutely brilliant. And, and I urge you to even re-listen to the episode, which I'll do myself as well. Some great takeaways and so on. Please join us on our next episode of uh, Marketing Leadership. We have some really good guests lined up. Um, and also just just join us so we have like i said on fridays we have uh, business growth um, principles and and we have tons of other ways in which to help you and support you in your journey to reaching the goals and and achieve the things that you really want to achieve you know and and we open to sharing listening and understanding and and even pointing you in the right direction we're building a massive community of people that we that, that are on our different podcasts and and with that community with that network you got access to uh, a wealth of help and 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 support and and understanding about mostly the guys that you talk to have been through tough times themselves and they understand so you're welcome to throw anything our way have a super day have a have a brilliant rest of the week and we'll catch you on the next episode thank you and goodbye hi everybody this is dudley again and if you need help with a future or existing post merger integration I want to invite you to arrange a free, no obligation meeting with us. During the meeting, we'll find out exactly what you need, what your challenges are, and we'll explain how our unique PMI slipstream method can help you. Simply call us or visit mergerintegration.co.uk, that's mergerintegration.co.uk, or come to our website, skillfulpursuit.com.